0: Featuring our podcast, One More
1: Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So this is a list of the 50 greatest Western movies ever made.
2: As compiled by whom? Uh,
1: Keith Phipps. I believe it's from Vulture Magazine. Ah, Vulture. Great uh, website. Great uh, culture website, yeah.
0: So I was just thinking the other day that uh, it is a parenting mistake that my... Oh, that's when we were talking about whether or not I ought to show Rocky to my son, which I haven't yet. Um, But... He's never seen a Western. God, oh, my god! And I loved Westerns as a kid. And I was trying to think, where would I start? What would be a good Grand The
1: Mandalorian. To... I love him as an yeah. adult. Well, interesting you should bring that up, Sean. They do some writing uh, here. The Western is a vital genre with the habit of reinventing itself every few years that doubles as a way to talk about America's history while reflecting on its present. A strand of violent, psychologically complex Westerns that appeared in the 50s, for example— captures both changing attitudes toward the settlement of the West and the treatment of Native Americans while channeling the spirit of a country still recovering from a devastating World War II. While
0: fighting hadn't it like Native that. Italians, it was often Italians that were the Indians. Right,
1: yeah. Oh, uh, Clint Eastwood
0: says we've only invented two kinds of art in America that are original to America, jazz and Western movies, hmm. which I think may be true. Who said that? Clint Eastwood, who's a big fan of both.
1: We don't get rock and roll. Direct growth out of, like, jump blues.
0: Why wouldn't we get rock and roll? I don't know.
1: Movie tradesmen. Well,
0: we get blues too, right? We get that whole thing.
2: Sure. This article actually uh, throws comic books into that mix as well. Yeah, what about that? Anyway.
0: um, Tradesmen's full of
1: (laughs) of (laughs) That's the point of the podcast. The list of the 50 greatest (laughs) westerns reflects the wide legacy from the very first entry, a film directed by a Hungarian and starring a Tasmanian. It's been assembled, however, working from a fairly traditional... (laughs) (laughs) Not a Tasmanian devil. Oh, okay. (coughs) Idiot. (laughs) I was probably racist against Tasmanians. It's been assembled working from a fairly traditional definition of the Western. Films set along the American frontier of the 19th and uh, first years of the 20th centuries. That means no modern Westerns, no stealth Uh, Westerns starring aged X-Men.
0: Well, that takes mine off the list. I was going to go with 9 to 5 as my favorite (laughs) Western.
1: No space Westerns with blasters instead of pistols. We did, however, make an exception for a certain comedy that concludes with its stars attending its own premiere. Okay. Fair enough. Um, And they say we left off a lot of great Westerns. Um, obviously. So it's, what are you going to do?
0: You going to do top ten or what are you
1: going? I don't know. I could flip through, see if anything I know. So is, should we uh...
0: throw out our favorites before you hit the list or uh, after? Yeah. Why not? If I was going to name my top number one, name a couple. Go ahead. In the top would be absolutely the original True Grid is is at the top of my list. Very close. So,
1: um, but to me, huge trade up from Glenn Campbell to Matt Damon. In the <laughs> updated True, I love the the new True Grip. Still doesn't
0: make up it. for the trade down you you can't avoid by getting away from John Wayne because he's just freaking unbelievable.
1: Um, wow, the dude disputes you. That's just like your opinion, man. <sighs> and Robert
0: Duvall. Oh, that's such a good
1: movie. Yeah. Oh,
0: fill your hands, you son of a bitch. Man, yep. that's a good movie. Yep. Call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> says Robert Duvall. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a good movie.
0: Yes. I get chills thinking about it. I love, I've never uh, yeah. watched that yeah. scene and not
1: gotten chills. I love them both. So you're just going to name that one? Or? yeah, be i got to troll around a couple of Outlaw Josie Wales with Clint Eastwood. Um, I tried to watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly the other night with Judy. We were both all excited about it. It was boring. It was
0: slow pace, man. Boring. Slow pace. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> A lot of mugging for the camera, just like, look how amusing he is. It's like, yeah, I get it. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's not car chases, that's for certain. For me, I'd, I'd have to throw out Unforgiven. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of Clint, um, which I've seen so many times, uh, 310 to Yuma. With uh, Russell Crowe. I've not seen that. Oh, my. Excellent It's movie. devastating. So good. And, um, and I could probably babble on for quite some time, but I'll end up with the man who shot Liberty Valance. John Wayne and uh, Jimmy Stewart. Brilliant.
2: Is Blazing Saddles on there?
1: Why don't you uh, stay tuned, Michael? Uh, Is that you want to you throwing that one out there? Yeah. Any uh,
2: Uh, the the Red River always stuck Mm -hmm. out in my mind Mm -hmm. as as one of the classic western that I just absolutely loved. And uh, I don't know if this makes the list. It was a series on Netflix in 2017. It's called Godless. Stars Jeff Daniels. Uh, no series similar to 310 Lays. to Yuma it is uh, a great modern day telling of a western yeah. traditional western style thing really
1: good Really. Uh, good. I, I, you know what I don't know I don't think there are any series on here because if there were they'd have to include Lonesome Dove
0: well, oh, oh yeah. yeah there are a bunch of John Wayne movies and he plays the same person in every movie so yes. that's kind of like a series for instance <laughs> here's,
1: here's The Shootist yeah The Shootist is number great 39. his yeah. last movie When she's dying of cancer
0: and does a movie about a gunfighter dying of cancer.
1: Right. Really? Blazing Saddles happens to be next at uh, at 38.
0: See, at the end, Ron Howard, who idolizes this famous gunslinger, throws away the gun after (sighs) shooting a man right before John Wayne dies so John Wayne knows he isn't going to become a gunfighter like me. Oh,
2: Oh, man.
0: Ron Howard will grow up to be Opie.
1: Yep.
2: Broke the cycle. Comforting. Mm -hmm. He's gonna grow up to be OP. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing out Tombstone. Where is that, Joe?
1: Uh, I don't know. The Magnificent Ooh, Seven, Jack. Good movie. Oh. I know you love the Magnificent oh, that, that, Seven.
0: Oh, Sorry, that might be my favorite of all time. That's at number three. So 35. we gotta go we gotta we gotta slow down, Henry. So Tombstone, freaking fantastic.
2: Hall of Fame mustaches in that movie. <laughs> That's a very, very good movie. Yeah. I'm not, have I seen that one? I don't Val know. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday, one of the, on the short list oh. of single best performances I've ever seen. A lot I'm, of
0: phlegm. I'm a Too h- yeah. much phlegm. I'm your Huckleberry. That's <laughs> one of the great all-time ones. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned after, oh, The Magnificent, the Magnificent Seven. seven yeah. Boy, the Boy, the star-studded cast in that one. Steve McQueen, Yul Brynner, Charles Bronson.
1: James Coburn, one of the uh, baddest badasses in movie history. Now we are seven, says wow. Yul Brynner. Doing some excellent counting, which was his specialty. Boy, a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. The A bullet for the general. Don't know that one. 1966. Uh, the outlaw Josie Wales. Mm. 29. Flipping the oxbow incident. Oh, that's really good. Henry Fonda, Harry Morgan.
0: Outlaw Josie Wales has my favorite line from Clint Eastwood. "Buzzards gotta eat same as a
1: worm. Yep. I've used that line <laughs> for a few dollars more. There that's you mean? <laughs> oh, oh, the uh, th- they shot a guy, and uh, the outlaw say, "We got to bury him." And uh, Clint says, buzzards got to eat okay. same as a worm." Gotcha. Yeah. Why bother? Uh, for you, True Grit. There it is, twenty five. The original. The original. Okay. Yeah, buddy. Uh, twenty. I don't know is... if I've
2: actually ever seen the original.
1: Oh, it's so good.
2: I should. Clint <laughs> Campbell is so terrible. It's oh, yeah. hilarious. It
1: really. It's a shame he's in it. <laughs> Whale of a guitar player. Terrible actor. <laughs> uh Let's see. Let's get to the top 20. Well, 21 is a fistful of dollars. We'll start right there.
0: Ooh, have you mentioned Rio Grande? Probably not yet. We're into the top 21 here, Jack. Okay. Uh, fist... I, I thought of that because that's got Ricky Nelson, also a singer in it. Yeah. But he's not embarrassing oh, in the movie.
1: Oh, my God. The way yeah, Dean, Rio Martin, Grande. Dean Martin's in it, too. Oh, I love that movie. oh yep. So good. Yep. A fistful of dollars, which made uh, Clint Eastwood a star in 64. She wore a yellow ribbon. 1949, John Wayne, John Ford. Dean Martin doesn't exude
2: cowboy the way that a lot of
1: these other people do. It
0: you, you, you wouldn't think so. He was
1: brilliant. What, he he plays, a, he's, plays a degenerate drunk. He's trying desperately okay. to dry out as the town is under threat. And oh, I have to check that out. He's humiliated good. and discouraged and hands shaking, and John Wayne stands by him, and oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, Shane, 1953. Ooh. That's a good one. Come back, Shane. Mm, there it is. 310 to Yuma in the 18th spot. Wow. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's about a dad doing the right thing, even though it'll probably kill him because his son is watching him. It's devastating. Huh. Oh, my God. Uh, 17, high noon. Great. Uh, 16, 40 guns. I don't know 40 guns from nineteen fifty. Seems like Seven. enough. It's plenty. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Guitar, 1954.
0: Now, that one I've never even heard of. I've heard of
1: 40 Guns. I don't know. Uh, Nicholas Ray's uh, Joan Crawford plays Vienna, a saloon owner, dominates mm-hmm. everyone she meets with her imperious attitude. It
0: might be good. Sometimes you get into these lists, critics got to throw in something they've seen and you haven't. It's kind of a
1: thing, but. Fiery yeah. Climax. Mm. My Darling Clementine from 1946 to 1914. Huh. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Oh, how did I miss that one? Please, are you kidding me? That
0: one I could watch with my son. That movie is so good with freaking Paul Newman Yes, and uh, Robert Redford. Just so unbelievably good.
1: Yeah, it's a film so charming. Those stars help a lot. That its fatalism sneaks up on you. Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah, yeah. That I remember because I watched that as a kid, and that was a shocking ending. Yeah, sneaking Be,
2: fatalism. Yeah,
0: because it was <laughs> because it was so charming, and you got Paul Newman riding a bicycle. Raindrops keep falling right? on my head. Doesn't yeah. fit with the ending that much. Not. And much. they jump off that cliff into the water. You think we'll drown? Drown? Hell, the falls
1: gonna kill you. Right. Twelve. The good, bad, and the slow-paced. Nineteen sixty-six. <laughs> What do I know? I tried <laughs> I, to watch it, and it just—I
0: like it, but you have to be—you have to be—not modern patients for uh drama.
1: Sometimes it plays like the like the western is opera, building arias of violence and suspense with editing time to the rhythms of Ennio Morricone's score.
0: Yeah, yeah you
2: okay. didn't appreciate maybe I
1: was that. did wrong you? mood. I'm an idiot. Clint Eastwood should probably pistol whip me at best, maybe shoot me. Number eleven, the man who shot Liberty Valance, 1962. Love that movie so much. Ten, Meeks Cutoff from twenty ten. Don't know it. When you come to the Meeks
0: Cutoff, cut off your Meeks.
1: From twenty ten. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Survival on the Oregon Trail. Okay. It's the theme there. Nine, the Naked Spur, nineteen fifty three. Don't know That's it. It's porn, isn't it? Don't know it. Wanna see my spur?
0: That's just girls and cowboy hats.
1: Number eight, there you go, Jack Rio, Bravo. <sighs> 1950.
0: Number eight for Rio Bravo. Yeah. There you go, Sean. It'd be worth, uh, if you're going to pick one of those movies we recommended, it. if it's number eight. Oh, check that. Yeah. So
1: good. 1969's The Wild Bunch in at number mm-hmm. seven. I don't think I've seen it end to end. If I had, I've forgotten. But um, 100% score for Rio Bravo on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's rare. It's it's that good. Um, uh, And, and you you see why Angie Dickinson was a sex symbol. Oh, yeah. Too, oh, my God. In the 60s. Oh, my God. Hello. Uh, number six, Red River from 1948, uh, back to um, Howard, oh, a Howard Hawks Western with John Wayne. Number five, McCabe and Mrs. Miller from 1971. I don't know that one. Do you? Is that a John Wayne? McCabe and Mrs. Miller, uh, Robert Altman, no. Warren Beatty plays McCabe. I don't a know and fast talker who falls in with and falls in love with Mrs. Miller, Julie Christie, a madam who offers to improve business at his low-rent brothel. They uh they really
0: made being a whore uh charming in your old timey westerns. Yeah. You were very mm. clean and pretty and uh, respectable and not smart what it would have been like i don't think yeah god it would have been gruesome
1: a lot of stinky mouth-breathing gals who had given up on life if that's your taste yeah oh geez number four (laughs) he says trying to rescue the podcast (laughs) 1939's stagecoach
0: i knew that was gonna be in the top five because if you're a critic and you don't put that in your top five you get shot
1: is there such a thing as a perfect movie if not stagecoach comes pretty close uh john wayne is the ringo kid fugitive from the law etc etc a young john wayne in that one your top three once upon a time in the west 1968 that was the first movie her sergio leone made after the dollars trilogy um minus his signature star charles bronson plays a gunslinger known only as harmonica i don't think I know you want to know why he plays an instrument i'll give you a guess Uh, Who is locked into a battle of wills with Frank Henry Fonda, merciless hired gun, with whom Harmonica has a mysterious history. A Henry Fonda, yeah, yeah. He it, merciless hired gun. <laughs> two losing out on the number one slot only because I think it's newer. Unforgiven, nineteen ninety two. I really? mean, that's on the short list of great
2: greatest movies of sure, all time. Sure. I, I mean,
1: think it may be a perfect movie. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It, it's it's long as hell. Settle in. Um, Not for the kids. Not oh Lord, no. no
0: Gene, Gene Gene Hackman gives Clint Eastwood quite the kick in there. That's oh. uh, that's that's a gruesome scene.
1: Well, you got you got uh, ladies of the evening getting slashed up. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, people begging for their lives as they, they bleed out in the sun. And yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a story of redemption, and hate, and can you change really? And oh, poisoned oh, hogs, cruel lawmen. <laughs> hogs are poison. They got the fever. Yeah. Better separate them out with the others. Number one, it almost had to be, 1956, The Searchers. John Wayne and John Ford. um, Just, you know, it's it's the all-time classic Western.
0: The Searchers. As the comedian Dimitri says, the search party is the least fun party.
1: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. You know, that's funny. I was going through my closet the other day, and I've often said, if I could leave one message with you people, and there have been quite a few, so obviously I can't pick one, but it might be, do not spend lots of money on clothes when you're at your thinnest. Please hear me
2: when I say this. Wow, this is the new me. This is, this is the size going
1: forward. I look great, and I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars right now.
0: Boy, you know, I'm glad you're saying this because I'm kind of in that position right now. I lost ten pounds last year. I'm the lightest I've been in I don't know how long, um, like thirty years. And uh so I'm thinking I gotta get new clothes. Well, oh, I I legit need new clothes, but don't spend a lot of money because it's not gonna last.
1: Mm. Don't well, think
0: this is the rest of your life.
1: Back to the ideas of the you're probably right. of Christianity. Some guy in the goodwill store is gonna be really happy you did that. Because he's going to get some great duds for practically nothing, hardly worn at all.
0: Hardly worn at all.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Thanks for your optimism, Sean. Yeah. Worn maybe once, if at all. Oh, my favorite one of those. Uh, Just gave them to uh, one of your charities. Pair of white golf pants. Bought myself some white golf pants. You watch the TV golf; the guys wear them all the time. They look great. Here's the deal: they're a crazy rich. B. They get their clothes for free from their sponsors. Me, I'm A, an idiot, B, a, a slob, and I know I can't be trusted, so I hesitated to wear those white pants. I just, you know, because I didn't want to get a mess. Once you stain them, you can't, you know, So I literally never wore them. I never wore them. So that you wouldn't get them dirty, and cause I, then you wouldn't be able to wear them anymore. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> and I tried to put them on the other day, and uh, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. Not unless I lose both ass cheeks in some terrible accident am I ever going to get these pants on me. What machine would even do that? Well, right, it would have you'd have to sit down on a one of those slicers at the deli or something. I don't mean, know; it's bloody terrible. But uh, so, yeah, so I literally never donned those pants. So,
0: the, uh, in keeping with the logic of I don't want to wear them because if I get them dirty, I won't be able to wear them. Yes, I, I for years carried around the perfect amount of change in my pocket that I had figured out. <laughs> Um, I had like a dime, a nickel, and two pennies or something. I'd figured right. out what the exact amount was so that if I'm ever – it's back when you paid cash for stuff. But if I ever bought anything, I would always have the amount you put on there so you don't get a handful of change back. Mm-hmm. And our old friend Tim, the sales guy, said to me, he said, you carry change – Every day, so that you can avoid having to carry change sometimes. (laughs) I thought, I guess that makes sense. And I stopped. I I had done that for years, (laughs) thinking I was so smart. That's a dollar, too. No problem. I have a dollar and two cents. You're not handing me 98 cents to carry around in my pocket. Like a sucker. (laughs) Like some sort of change beast of burden. That'll be 513. No problem. I got a dime and three pennies. As always. As always. <laughs> every day.
1: <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> what an idiot! Armstrong and Getty. is Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the
0: best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring
1: our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere
0: podcasts are given away because we're stupid. I... That fifth donut's got me feeling a little sick. I ate four donuts, was feeling okay. Oh. Donut number five, I'm feeling a little rough today. Huh,
2: you wouldn't expect a fifth donut to <laughs> have <you>? negative effects. <laughs> You're going to have grease just coming out of your pores. Yeah, well.
0: So gross. Nothing gross about donuts. You're going to cry sprinkles. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you
1: have that your mouth is lined with fat feeling? A little. Grease. <laughs> My waist is lined with fat also. Oh, boy. I have not been doing so good lately either. It's not good. Not I'm good. moving up. I'm an
0: all-or-nothing guy, which is class, it, it fits in with being an alcoholic, which I am. Um, we are on-switch, on off-switch people, and um, I hadn't had a donut since last 4th of July when I declared my independence from donuts because I'd gotten <laughs> out of hand, and uh, I almost made it to this 4th of July. Jeez, just what, like a week
1: short. Wow, wow, good try. So you're expecting at some point you'll flip the switch again? I'll well, either donut. that or die of obesity. Or honey, I mean, five yeah,
0: donuts. I'll either have to or I'll wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so Homer Simpson esque. <laughs> um, I just got this text from Judy, and this is an odd thing to text about. Uh, Baxter the dog. Oh, and we've got to get to the blind dating thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Baxter the dog, we've begun taking him to the dog park that's not too far from where we live because he, he really enjoys it. Um but it doesn't matter how many times he poos on his morning uh, constitutional walk or whatever he will poo 2 to 3 times at the dog park and to the point where, like the third time, he's just in the doggy pooing position, just straining to get anything oh, out Oh, that's of him. a, you blow out an O-ring.
0: No, you mark your territory with urine. Why is he trying to mark his territory well, with defecate?
1: I, it's like he's having a, he's going to have a, a colonoscopy or something. Like he's taking that drug. It's the weirdest thing. He goes there because he likes, you know, chase the ball and play with the dogs. But um, it's like he can't leave there with any poo in
2: him. Is it a mm. voyeur thing? Does he like being
1: watched? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean. He Sean. likes being watched. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy. Uh, you know, this is a podcast. I could make the joke that I have in my head, but it's just, it's too much. It's too far. Did it's I, no good for the brand. I'm, I'm
0: going to miss you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to miss those jokes. Um, Did I ever mention when I scared the scared the of our pug when he was a baby? No. No. Yeah, I feel bad about that. He was he was a little tiny puppy, and I was running around playing with the kids or something like that, and he was there, and I ran around the corner, and went, like, boo! And he got his big white eyes, and he just squatted and pooped. I actually
2: oh. actually scared the S out of him. So that's like, where the saying comes from. Yeah,
0: yeah, like when you get so scared, you you uh, you lose your bowels. You lose your yeah. mud, as they said in the Civil War days. Um, yeah, I felt bad about that. <laughs>
1: it's a charming story, though.
0: I, I didn't know. Yeah, I knew I knew it was a real thing. I've heard people talk about, you know, uh, when planes almost crash, sometimes people swell themselves. Mm. It's a thing. Your bowels give. But uh, yeah, I did that to a puppy, which is not cool.
1: Yeah, there's a fair amount of discussion of that in, uh, gosh, what's the Norman Mailer famous war book? The Quick and the Dead? No. What's his book about World War II? I've read it. It's brilliant. Something
0: is naked in the title? The Naked <sighs> and the Dead. Yeah, huh? I can't remember. read it? Yeah, I got naked. I feel like I should think of this. Uh, the rather naked in th- the dead. Yeah, okay.
1: The naked in the dead. Yeah, it's what's a wonderful book. Um, it's troubling, but they talk about that a fair amount. He published it when he was twenty-five. Yeah. Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the worst part of that book for me, Sean, since I've got a fear of falling in heights and stuff like that, is there's oh, it's kind of a spoiler. It came out in what nineteen fifty? <laughs> yeah, spoiler in <laughs> a seventy-year-old classic book. So if if you're planning on reading The Naked and the Dead, t- just turn your volume down for 20 seconds. <laughs> all right, is one of the characters is afraid of heights and falling. Mm-hmm. He has my same like incredibly powerful irrational fear of falling, and they are on a a, a ill advised mission where they're ooching along the side of a cliff, oh. and because he's so afraid, he can't make his muscles work, and he falls to his death. Ah. That's rough, and I think the line is, uh, and he he and he tumbled or what is it he, and he fell through the air, one small man just wanting to live. Oof, oof is right. Norman Mailer,
0: Norman Mailer, good writer. Um, to the thing I mentioned earlier, blind dating. Uh, can you play just a little bit of the trailer? We'll discuss this briefly. I want to get married. I want to have babies before I'm like 26. Do you have health insurance?
1: Welcome to the strangest blind date ever. Hey, how you doing? Damn, How are you, how are you doing? <laughs> Could you fall in love with someone based on personality alone? What is your ideal woman?
0: Personality for me is everything. Okay, so since you first. Can't... Pers- since you can't see this what's going on there is they make them up to look like animals i mean just incredible makeup like (laughs) you didn't see that like you walk out and you're one of the cats from cats or you know like you look like a horse very good
2: description like the yeah that studio quality hair and makeup prosthetic style and it's just a it's just
0: a twist on you know the oldest you know uh, version of this sort of thing you've ever heard of blind date just in general more or less um it's like but, a
1: masquerade ball in yeah, a
0: way. Yeah, and it's it's a cool idea. It's got a good hook to get people watching again. But it, it just reminded me, and first of all, there's a lot about uh, being physically attracted to other people that we don't understand. It's not just, you know, moronic, you're an idiot, she's hot and you like her. There's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. About, you know, genes matching up to have healthy babies and stuff like that in ways we don't understand. How much does she have? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because, you know, you you've, surely you've had this ex- experience. There's one particular hot woman in a group of women you're attracted to. A handsome and fella. And the rest, of, rest yeah. of them you recognize they're attractive, but you don't have any oh my God feeling to them. You do mm. that one, though. Why? Well, there's all the other stuff that we don't understand going on and it's not because of their personality cuz you don't know their personality yet maybe yeah it's because she reminds you of your mother yeah <laughs> no, it's not i don't think it's that but nobody knows for sure um anyway on this blind date thing they're going to be says c- you enjoy your cigar penis <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's dr freud joining us there yeah uh, good morning so the idea is that you just you meet these people you don't actually know what they look like and you decide whether or not you're I don't know if you I don't know if your brain would would your brain let you fall in love with somebody without seeing them first how much of how much of it is your your brain your body screaming out <laughs> your DNA everything in your genome screaming out you need to mate with this person based right. on what they look like maybe you
1: can't fall in love with somebody that you haven't seen and and maybe you fall in love with her after the show then you realize no I actually want to have sex with horses It was that she was made up like a horse. That's why I'm attracted to her. Then you got a problem.
0: That's true. Could you put the horse
2: mask back on?
1: So, or, or she says, I, I wasn't
2: wearing a mask. So there's two things here that make this show not quite what it appears to presenting itself as. Okay. And that is one, it is, it entirely seems to be facial prosthetics. I hate to be misled by so a have, reality show. So you can have a, and you're still meeting them in person. You have a very good idea yeah. of what their body style sure, is. Sure, which plays a lot in attractiveness. And sure. the second one, and I think this is even more important. These are still contestants that made their way onto a reality dating show. There doesn't seem to be any booby prizes mm. in the batch. So I don't think... They're th- all hot. No yes, reason. yes. Yeah. All of these are, are you know, the, the sort of people who would apply to go onto a reality dating show.
0: But like I said, it's, I've always thought this was interesting. Hot women that I'm just not attracted to. I mean, I recognize they're you're, you're symmetrical. You're everything that, you know, most people just... Mm-hmm. I got no feeling for you. I've always thought those are interesting. Right. Her over there, I just, I wouldn't yeah. give
1: anything to do you. Know. Yeah. I, I remember it's seared into my memory. I, I saw a woman at an airport once. I was happily married at this point and, you know, and no intention of uh, doing anything untoward. But I saw this gal and walked near her and it hit me like a, like, I don't know what, like a wave, like an NFL lineman had barreled into me. It was like genetically speaking. It was ding, 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 ding. You know, I couldn't do anything about it, but it was just—it was weird, totally unexpected.
0: Huh. Um, and it reminds me of—I can't be specific about what this is, but there, uh, I, I, these meetings I've gone to before, get-togethers I've gone to before, where sometimes they do a candlelight version, and when and and everybody speaks, and if 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 you go to one that's candlelight, like you haven't seen the person, it's amazing how much more open-minded—at least I am. When only I'm hearing the voice versus coming up with preconceived ideas of what I think of this person just based on their looks. That
1: is remarkably honest of you, but I think if we're all going to be honest with ourselves, we'd, we'd admit, yeah. But I didn't yeah. even know I did it until the first time I went to one of these
0: gatherings, candlelight version. I didn't even know I did it because cause sometimes when the lights come on or you like afterwards when you leave and you see them, and I think if I had not heard you speak in the dark, I'm not sure I would have paid any attention to you. Just cause you look you're so schlubby and everything like that, I would have just assumed ah, what do you know? Which is stupid and bigoted and and, and small minded and all kinds of things, but
1: But is it in some weird way instinctive? It's gotta be. It's gotta be, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah, I just think in our fighting every minute to survive mode, which was most of human history, you rallied to the strong. Oh, and you, you bred with the young and healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, very base. And there's nothing wrong with moving beyond your animal instincts to try to be a little more evolved and a little more kind and decent. Uh, you know, I try every day. But it's, it's just interesting to think about those. Although like, you
0: do come into the studio and poop on the carpet to mark your territory.
1: It's a sick enough.
0: Well, I did that for the first five years of Just our to make career. sure everybody knows this is my studio. Then
1: I thought, nah, I've got to evolve. a ah, yeah, it's just, come on, it's base are my names on the studio? I don't have to crap here anymore. Armstrong and Getty. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So uh, it was uh, fairly recently. I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I, I found myself in one of those just foul frames of mind. Hmm. Um, I'm definitely the sort of personality that can get a little negative and and dwell on the negative and the rest of it. We were actually talking about this during the radio show, how you have to consciously focus on the positive things. I think it may be be deep within our DNA to just focus on threats and problems.
0: Well, But but clearly more so for some people than others.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know some people who at least outwardly are super sunshiny Mm -hmm. and positive. Sometimes I wonder, I actually know somebody, I'm not going to out them, but came off as that way for years and years and years, and I knew them very well. And then it turned out, no, they were very troubled and, what's the right word? Just way darker than I'd imagined. And the sunshiny thing was a way to keep people away Hmm. from figuring that out. Hmm. Um, So now I'm never sure. (laughs) Never sure, you know, what people's public faces or how are you, how accurate it is.
0: I wish I was the, the the smart thing to do is to let things you have no control over just pass right through you instantly. And I've mm. known people who can do that. I can't. I have to. I have to work at it.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm and I'm finally at the point that I'm pretty good at working at it. I used to be terrible at it. You know, it'd make me nuts. Stuff I had no control over, and frankly, once they were in the rearview mirror, it just didn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like I've said many times, I was born annoyed. I came <laughs> out of the, I came out of the womb vexed. <laughs> but so I was in a really foul, negative frame of mind one day, and I, I went clicking around on the internet, and um, I found this, and it's actually a, a, one of my favorites now on uh, on my phone, so I can always find it. It's uh, 10 Ways to Cheer Yourself Up When You're in a Bad Mood. I thought I'd hit you with some of these.
2: Uh,
1: And and, and they're not... Number one, whiskey. Number two, vodka. Number three. Yeah, well, I've tried that, and it's a bit of a short road. Uh, But number one, and that's why I like this list. It's not for dumb, cheerful people. It's for the complicated and angsty among us. Number one, feel it. Dr. Jin Bolt-Taylor is a hmm. Anatomist, yeah, neuroanatomist, a brain scientist who studies the anatomy of the brain. She had a stroke. She watched her brain function shift and alter. She watched how her brain processed or didn't process stimulation. She found out that if she let herself feel an emotion, it would pass in about ninety seconds. So don't avoid what you've, what you're feeling in the hopes it will just go away. It won't. It will uh, if you let your feel, uh, let yourself feel it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. There's pretty solid science on that, I think, and uh, I believe it. It's uh, still not my natural uh, reaction either. Is that uh, if something happens, you uh, that you will have an emotional reaction to. You're going to have that emotional reaction. You don't get to pretend. You don't get to not.
2: It, you can put it off. It can come out in an inopportune, uh, not very productive way later on down the road. But it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, it's so, going
1: to happen. In layman's terms, how would you describe that? Then do you? Is it just that you say, "Look, I'm angry. I'm really angry. I'm admitting I'm angry. I'm feeling it. I'm going to be angry for a minute."
2: I, I have found identifying it verbally is a big help for me personally saying, well, what you're feeling right now is frustration and that's making you short tempered uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. I can almost picture in my mind the, uh, the, the, the physical, like if I was pushing something away Mm -hmm. and I just try not to do that. Okay. This is something that should make you sad. Be sad about it. Yes. As opposed to being angry about it tomorrow or sad about it a year from now or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Number two thing uh observe things as a witness to what you sense rather than as what you sense you'll tap into that part of you that exists above and beyond your funk you'll go beyond reaction and into the ability to respond so just step outside yourself and say okay you're you're feeling this physically you're feeling this emotionally you're doing this right now and if you can separate yourself and and I've done that um it helps well beyond my funk because uh, that was my third album that
2: I released <laughs> and underrated, Sean, yeah. cruelly underrated. It was very experimental. I understand it. You know, first listen, it, it could be tough, but I think I think there's something there.
0: Yeah, I did have a therapist say to me one time uh, years ago, and I've had one therapist of several that I've seen in my life that I felt did any good whatsoever. And it mm-hmm. reminds me of Woody Allen's book, who is a f- sort of famous for seeing therapists. You know, he always in his movies, he's always on the couch. He's been taking his therapy his whole life, and he doesn't believe it's done him any good. Wow. He thinks it's wow. mostly just a waste of time and money. <laughs> yeah. And I think that most of the time it is for most people. I really do. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've done enough now that I can that I can say without, you know, you're the kind of guy who just doesn't believe in enough. I've tried a bunch of it. There's a bunch of crap out there. Mm. Tons of crap. Oh, I've had enough for me and my family, my kids, everything like that. There's a lot of crap. But anyway, a therapist said to me uh, once, when I was explaining something, and how's it make you feel? You, you should feel that way. That's the way any normal people person would feel when this has happened to them. And right. uh, for 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 some reason, for me, that was like a light bulb. I mean, it was like, a, yeah, I suppose that does make sense. Well, yeah. I'm acting like this is you know, some everybody in the world, if this happened to them, they would feel it, this. This is not a character flaw. No, this there is, is a nothing human. wrong
1: with me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's
0: yeah. almost like you haven't eaten for six hours, so you're hungry. It's just a perfectly normal. What do you expect to happen? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Woody Allen also was my favorite joke about uh, therapists. After 12 years of going to my therapist, he said something to me that brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> no hobbling, Lacey. <laughs> Uh, Let's see. All right, uh, number three way to cheer up if you're in a bad mood. Master your mind or just give it a little test run. The verbal part of our mind processes about 40 bits of information per second. The nonverbal part of our brain processes about 11 million bits of information per second. Wow. So when the verbal part of your mind is telling you everything sucks, it's not basing that conclusion on very much information. Simply noticing that your thoughts are not serving you and knowing that your thoughts are not based on the whole truth can help you find freedom from them. In other words, think of your thoughts as one voice, if you will, one person's opinion. And there are lots of other opinions that you ought to be listening to. Don't listen exclusively to that one voice.
0: Mm, it's full of crap. I've heard people say, "Don't believe everything you think," which is a which
1: is a good one. That is a good one. A uh, number four is easy to understand. Rock your body. One way to move past your thoughts. Oh, I'm is rocking to move... my body right now. <laughs> oh, stop it! Oh, put that away. Uh, is to uh, move your awareness somewhere else. Get your groove on. Dance. Uh, uh, well, dance, yeah. Um, I don't dance. I will not dance. You can't make me dance. That would if make you've... you feel better? <laughs> Having people mocking my dancing would make me feel better? Well, I would dance like no one was watching because nobody would be watching if I'm dancing, trust me. Uh, number five, clear the slate. You can meditate in lots of different ways. Walking, breathing, mild, mindfulness, sitting. Any way that works is for you is good. Let yourself be with anything other than your thoughts, inhaling peace and exhaling the funk.
0: Playing the guitar does that for me because I'm not good enough to be able to play without having to really concentrate hard, and mm. so I can't help but if I play something, it clears out everything else.
2: Exhaling the funk was the, the, the double disc of my uh, Beyond My Funk <laughs> album. It was, that, it was a double album. That's me cruelly overrated. It was <laughs> unlistenable. So when you put them together, I had an average-rated double album. Right, exhaling exactly. the funk.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Armed. <laughs>